Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to 670 The Score. Good morning, everybody. One more hour of Inside the Clubhouse to go right here. And then Steve Rosenblum returns. It is me, Matt Spiegel, and Steve Rosenblum from 11 until 12.45 DePaul Basketball. After that, Bruce Levine is the Scores Baseball Insider and the co-host of Inside the Clubhouse. And on my way to spring training this week, uh, next weekend I'll be at Sloan, where we'll be doing my portion of the show from there. You'll be here, and we'll be doing that all the way through spring training. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that, uh, getting away to Arizona, and then, of course, uh, Score will be out there in the when is it the first week of March? First week of Scorehouse? March, yeah, first week of March. All the hosts uh, will go out there and uh, and do shows from there. Uh, March, I think it's right. second through the fifth. On March sixth, there'll be the Cubs against the White Sox, an afternoon game that'll be broadcast right here that'll, on the Score. That'll be the culmination of that. Yeah, that, that'll be fun. And uh, you know, for people that don't know, I you know when I go out there, I split all my time between both the Cubs and Sox, and I actually make it probably 90% of the days I'm there to both complexes, meaning I'm doing a really <laughs> below-average job at both places <laughs> because somehow, some way, I'm missing something at the other place when I'm at Sox or I'm at Cubs. What's you know? that drive? 45 minutes or it's an a, hour and change? No, you know, from if I'm at Sloan, it's 30 minutes to... Camelback? Um, to Camelback, but... Uh, depending on the time of the day, um, if I have to take the 101 around rather than uh, the uh, 101 to the 10 and then to the 202, mm-hmm. then it's uh, 40 minutes and uh, traffic, you know, later in the day. But I've always done it this way. Um, I get complaints all the time that you're not at the right place at the right time. But I, <laughs> I feel I always feel that I have to be a part of both teams day. Sure, and, and so you choose which pregame to be at based on which one yes. has more news. Yeah. So, so what happens? I'll start my day uh, in somebody's camp at eight or eight thirty. The Cubs open at eight. Mm. Uh, the White Sox open at eight thirty. I will do my couple of interviews with uh, different people. Uh, sometimes I will stay for the practice session of that team or. After the interviews in that room, I'll I'll go and I'll take off for the other camp. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, how would twelve or thirteen year old Bruce Levine feel about this prospective life and 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 job? If if you presented to go back to yourself, present your twelve or thirteen year old, hey, this is what you're going to do. You're going to cover two baseball teams in one of the only two baseball team towns. In America, and every year when spring training comes, you're going to drive back and forth from one camp to the other. Doesn't that sound fun, kid? That was my plan. 
Was it? Yeah. So, uh, you know, at the, uh, when you were in uh, the last year of grammar school, uh, the, the last day we had um, a, I went to Horace Mann Grammar School, we had the Man Messenger, which was our newspaper. Uh-huh. So the newspaper asked uh, everybody to project what you're going to be doing for a career. And <laughs> the doctors said they're going to be doctors, the lawyers are going to be lawyers. I'm going to be a broadcaster. There you go. Bing, bang, boom. It didn't. It wasn't a smooth transition all the way through. Somehow I ended up that way. So if you're going to ask me what I thought at 12, what I was going to do, that's what I, I, I knew I couldn't hit a curveball at that point. So I knew something more realistic would be, this is a fun job I always wanted to do. And I've been really lucky to be able to do it. Outstanding. Well, look forward to that. So, yeah, so next week you'll be out there. I'll be here, and we'll have that for uh, for several weeks leading up into the the end of spring training. Um, Bruce, this week, in terms of the Astros sign-stealing scandal, some work done by a couple of different outlets. One was a, a fan, an Astros fan, who started, started signstealingscandal.com, and maybe people have seen his work around uh, around on Twitter as he, Tony Adams is his name, and he charted every trash can bang. He listened to all yeah, the home there games. There was a hundred or there was thousand. a thousand. Yeah, yeah there, thousand. Was, there, was a th- there was a thousand. And what's fascinating is that you see the entire chart of the whole year. And you can see, among other things, September 21st, when the White Sox are in town. That's the game where Danny Farquhar, now a pitching coach in the organization, calls the catcher up and says, you hear that? You hear that bang? That's what's going on. That day, there were more than 40 trash can bangs. The very next day, there was one. Who won the game? uh, That's a good question. I I don't know. I I think the White Sox uh, had some success with the um, Houston Astros this year. As a matter of fact... Yeah, they did. Giolito was uh, dominant down there. As a matter of fact, uh, they beat Cole for the last time that anybody beat him hmm. in 2019. This, uh, that's interesting. Well, with this chart, you're able to look at it, and you've had a bunch of people checking in, like this one game against Minnesota on the 14th of July. Phil Hughes, uh, the pitcher, said, hey, guess who was lucky enough to pitch in this game? Right. The, the, the most bangs was this game on August 4th against Toronto, 54 bangs of the trash can, where they scored 16 runs against Toronto and in that game a reliever named Mike Bolsinger got one out through one third of an inning for Toronto gave up six base runners four earned runs and he was sent down and never pitched right. in the big leagues again right and and that's the kind of very specific and there's a lot of those stories very that's, specific that's, human example of how somebody's career was damaged, maybe derailed, maybe, you know, by, yeah. by one moment see, in time. You see, what you bring up is so relevant because we can pinpoint that now. Yeah. Whereas cheating that's been going on for the history of the game and impacting it on uh, on players being there or, you know, as we always say, gee, he was tipping his signs. No, he wasn't. They were cheating. You know, they they had his signs because – uh, they were they were using some advanced form of cheating mm-hmm. to do it, and and how this impacts players, you know, going back in history, and then now, where you can more directly identify this going on. Yeah, it's, that, that's it's rare. Fascin- it's fascinating and sadly relevant uh, as far as why it's so insidious to do this type of uh, 
electronic stealing. Yeah, this is the most directly trackable of of cheats that we've had, yeah. really, because you can't, because yeah. obviously PEDs, which made somebody more powerful or gave them more bat speed and also made them more confidence, that all mixed together with natural ability, with improvements, and, and you know, it all became so yeah, difficult he, to discern. You know, it's the bank robber who shows up on the videotape and goes to court and says, I'm innocent. And you, go, <laughs> you know, no, pal, you know, here you are, uh-huh. you know, so uh, that is... You know, sadly, the only analogy I have for it, but it, it, I think it's relevant because of the technology that we live with, uh, you know, in all facets of life now and especially in baseball. And uh, I'm just I'm going to be really interested in how the Houston Astros play this year and how they how they perform under this pressure every day to prove that they're a very good team with very good players without cheating. The the other uh, outlet that did some work, The Athletic, with Jason Stark and Eno Saris working together. Uh, in 2016, Bruce, the Astros hitters struck out 1,452 times, okay? That was the second most in the American League, eighth highest total ever in the history of baseball. Right. And in 2017, they decided they wanted to change that. They want to strike out less. Okay, so what do they do? They go out and they get some, they get some contact guys. Uh, Nori Aoki, Josh Reddick, Brian McCann, Carlos Beltran. Uh, it was also Alex Bregman's first full season. So, you know, and they decided to, so they changed some pieces and they changed their mindset. But, oh, by the way, they started banging trash cans and cheating electronically. And what happened was their strikeout total went down by 365. And, and that... They became a, a team that struck out the, la- the least of any team in baseball. Right. No team has ever dropped their total strikeouts by 365 from one year to another. Never. And if you just want to look per game, because some yeah, seasons no, were different, I, I mean, it's, it's 2.25 right. strikeouts I was per game. Say, you know, that, that's what it is. Yes. You know? I mean, it's, it's uh, 30, 30 to 35 a player, you know, through a season mm-hmm. of the nine guys that are hitting that day yeah. you project it out. So yeah, it's significant and, and it's scary. And you wonder, I, I'm still wondering, I still think there's going to be more information out there and there there'll be possibly teams like Boston that are going to have to wear it as well uh, for whatever they have, uh, whatever the investigation is for them right now on the 2018 championship team. Yeah. Then, and it needs to be significant if they find anything comparable yeah. here. I mean, was, Alex Cora fired because what he did with the Houston Astros or was he fired because the Red Sox know that he brought some of that to the party in 2018 for the Red Sox? I see. I'd always assumed the latter, but then Carlos Beltran gets fired just for his association, what he did with the Astros. So that can be enough as well. But do you remember that world series, Bruce, when JD Martinez and Mookie Betts were so brilliant with two strikes, especially they as contact guys, they were incredible. But I also remember Alex Cora looking down to his right before like every pitch. You remember this? Yeah. And like, and before pitching changes on uh, when they were pitching as well. So I, I, he was looking down to his right, looking to somebody who I thought was in touch with the front office somewhere. Like every moment in that dugout, I don't know what was going on. But we, it, we have it, a better it, idea now. I think so, especially if there was a home game in uh, in Boston. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. Absolutely. But I mean, you know, the cheating. You know, I, I go back to uh, 2000, and I think it was 2013 or 2014 when uh, when uh, Chris Sale 
became livid because of the fact that um, Victor Martinez's brother allegedly was in the center field stands in Detroit mm. with binoculars signaling to Martinez what Sale was going to throw in the next pitch. He yeah. had two home runs in that game. Yeah, And then <clears throat> Sale went crazy and came back to Chicago the next day, sat down with uh, Robin Ventura, and he was sent home because he was still livid about what was going on and wanted to talk about it. And he said, you, you know, Robin said, you need a day to calm down. But, you know, it, hmm. it, the impact of those things and uh, how they impact people's seasons and careers and team seasons is so real for all of us right now. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, a texter reminds us that the bang was just one of their methods. They also were whistling, doing other things. And also, when there's no bang, it was basically a sign as well because they only banged whether it was fastball right. or, and, or curve or and whatever. Then, and then was it real or not that there was a buzzer system uh, and the guy was, you know, was he strapped on in the nicer way of talking <laughs> about it? Was it strapped across his chest and was there a buzzer that went off, you know, that uh, gave him a yeah. good vibration? Uh, I personally... You know, uh, it could be the wow. Beach Boys way of cheating. Nice uh, nice Thank segue, you. but Thank it's you. it's going to be impossible to get me not to think about the awkwardness of being strapped on when you're... When you're up there at the yes, plate. Yes, but I mean, you know, you know, you see the walk-off <laughs> home run from Altuve and going straight to the clubhouse yep. rather than and huddling up, you know, covering, make sure he don't get rip his, off my jersey. No, you'll you'll see the I'm actually strapped on. Mm-hmm. How There's do you think? Another one for you. Thank you very much. How do you think the Astros will be greeted uh, at, at visiting ballparks? Uh, they'll be booed and uh, they'll be derided and it'll get personal. Um, I don't know how long it'll go on for. Um, will it happen more when they travel to their regular, you know, I mean, multiple times to places in their own division? Or mm-hmm. will it be just uh, going to New York for that one time and uh, the severity of that or going to Boston for that one time and the severity of that? We'll have to see. It'll be interesting. Yeah, sure. it will be. And, and I personally don't think there's going to be like bean balls and stuff like that because there's a lot of players who think if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. Which we've learned over the recent months or so. Right. Well, you know, the the one of the other interesting facts are, you know, guys like Ryan Dempster talking about, yeah, we know certain teams cheat. We know they do it significantly. I have the ball in my hand. I'm in control of where I get my signals from, how mm-hmm. I get my signals. Mm-hmm. And if I want to shave the guy off and throw one under his chin. I can do that too. Right. Um, it it kind of clarifies to me some of the times where you see a guy get thrown at and you go, what the hell was that? Why did this guy in the sixth inning with nobody on in a, you know, two to nothing game get, you know, bri- low bridge by right. that pitch. It makes, uh, it's understandably questionable. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Keep it right here. And we're going to talk to uh, Taylor McGregor, the new field reporter for the Cubs on Marquee, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's inside the clubhouse on 670 The Scar. He's Bruce Levine. I am Matt Spiegel. Textures getting in here on the Astros sign-stealing stuff. We've had texts on Chris Bryant and other things and White Sox things as well. Have a little trouble with our phone lines, so keep texting if you'd like to... uh, be involved with the show. Uh, 670 the squ- or 67011. Yes, yes, sir. 67011. Um, this texture brings up something. Uh, it's interesting. He says, shouldn't doing things like shifting the defense be considered cheating? It's using technology to give one team an edge. I know it's not exactly the same, but close. See, here's the thing. Ted, I do Ted believe. Williams thought that in 1948. Yes, he did. When Lou Boudreaux and and, the, and those uh, and those Indians got it going. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is I think a lot of the front offices have thought about it like this. I think the Astros thought about it like that. Like, hey, I'm using computers to figure out what makes the most sense in terms of patterns and where to put my guys. What the hell's the difference with this? I'm, you know what? I'm all for everybody using all the technology. In other words, if you have the technology, you know, go ahead and give it to both sides and let them use it. And because you have to be able to combat those uh, defensive shifts, don't you? I mean, this was a way to combat it. You know, the the idea that you're, you're taking away these critical, normal holes for hitters and making the 280, the 290 hitters into 250 to 260 hitters. Yep. So... And and the game is you know it's all pitching and defense and it's getting monotonous and uh, we're having a hard hard way of defining how we're going to score runs. Cheating is one of the ways. So if it's not cheating, if you give everybody the technology, Matt, mm-hmm. then uh, they're they're all there with the the same information. And you know, Dallas Keuchel last week at Saxfest said the same thing: either none. Or give everybody every all the technology that you have. I think none is the answer. But do you I think like none the, gets broken? No, I like the other way. You do? What, you yeah. want, like, everybody steals, everybody has yeah, all the signs? Yeah, because the pitcher has a chance to, <laughs> because the signs don't have to be what, what you think they are. You know, one hitter thinks that a fastball is coming, right? And it's not a fastball. And it's a breaking ball. Or if it's a, 
it's a breaking ball and, and a fastball comes in and hits him on the shoulder because he's leaning in, uh, you know, do you not want those signs anymore? Because the pitcher and the catcher and the other team always have the ability to be changing the signs, where the signs are coming from. I've had pitchers tell me that uh, that they gave the catcher the signs rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. So, or or the catcher just leans one way and that's fastball. When he leans the other, it's a it's a uh, changeup or a breaking ball. There's all kinds of ways to combat cheating. The thing that these people had no chance with is the fact that it was right there and they were able to get by all those other things and determine exactly what you were doing because they had the technology right in their dugout. I, I think that um, that some way to do this without visual signs is where we're going to end up. We're going to end up, all right, well, because you cheat electronically, yep. we're going to take that away and we're going to have to take away this part of the game where you've cheated um, without electronics and stole signs. Now, will that result in even more swing and miss, even less contact? Right. And is that actually counter to what the game wants and would make it more appealing and more appetizing? Yeah, I mean, is, Matt, is that in your thoughts as well? Yeah, sure. I mean, Maddox told me that there were games where he he gave the catcher the signs and that he called signs for other pitchers while the game was going on. He, yeah, he called a couple of complete games for Frank Castillo back in the day mm-hmm. from the dugout. Uh, so there's there's a million ways to get it, you know, you know, combat it. But when you have that much technology, and it's in your it's in your dugout, and people are watching you in real time pitch, uh, that that's too much of an advantage. There's to me, there's a very firm, clear, obvious line between things like using scouting to then put it into a computer and come up with where to place guys. Uh, versus in real time stealing signals electronically. There's a clear and obvious not, line not to Not only me. that, the, the most insidious part of this, of course, is that the Astros won and that they were the best team, they had the best talent, and they had the best cheating system. Uh-huh. And now that changes forever how that team will be looked at. It was considered one of the great teams in recent times. For right? sure. Now, now Historic. What's, your, what's your perception now? The discrepancy between their pitchers' strikeouts and their offenses' strikeouts was an all-timer. Had never before um, a, a team had that big a discrepancy between how good their pitchers were and how good their hitters were in terms of making contact, which is the key to the game. I'm hoping that the counter to um to all the shifts is going to be more contact and more spray hitters and guys trying to do what Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn and the like used to yeah. do and Rod Carew used to do and and more of those guys getting into the league there you go that's where i was going to go you have to scout them sign them mhm and then watch them matriculate uh, as they go along yeah. i mean nick madrigal everybody's excited about nick madrigal how many guys are like that that are were a number one pick that are uh, expected to be a second baseman. I mean, how many guys who don't have the the power and the uh, the, the home run ability are are people excited about? Yeah, you know, and even if they weren't, maybe they weren't number one picks because it was kind of bold to take Madrigal 
um, in a league that's turned towards power. Um, but, I mean, he was so dominant in college in terms of contact, and he's been dominant everywhere. We talked to him last week. I enjoyed that conversation and where it came from for him, this ability to make contact and the stuff that his dad has taught him forever. It's right. just been with him every step I mean, of the way. How many MVPs can you think of were, the you know, the Nelly Fox or, you know, the the, the little guy who uh, hit the ball the other way, even uh, Keith Hernandez, you know, for what he did and being a co-MVP in two. 1979. Uh, those are those are rarities in the game. Even back then, when uh, you know the home run was and the, the slug wasn't as honored as much as it is right now. Yeah, prop swap is where America buys and sells legal sports bets. Before you make your next bet, be sure to check out PropSwap.com to see what's up for sale. Guaranteed better odds than any local bookie can offer all season long. Prop Swap customers have been snatching up two hundred to one. Yes, two hundred to one. Lamar Jackson to win MVP tickets now. These tickets are just about ready to cash. Go to PropSwap.com right now to find out which long shot is up for sale next. Find the best odds in the world right now on PropSwap. It's 670 to score. It is inside the clubhouse. We are efforting uh, to get in touch with uh, Taylor McGregor because of our phone line issues. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there, there are three rules uh, that are coming right now, three rules that are coming right now for MLB in this upcoming season. And they are locked and loaded and in place, and they're going to happen. And they'll be talked about in spring training as we get a little bit closer. The 26-man roster, the three-batter minimum, and the 15-day injured list for pitchers. So uh, those three are locked and loaded, and they're going to come. And the 26th man is interesting. It should allow for some interesting matchups perhaps later in the game. And that one extra person you can have, you can use, I'm sure some people, and it can't be a pitcher. It cannot be a pitcher. So for some, that'll be the third catcher. For some, it'll be an extra super utility guy. For some, it could be a pure pinch runner. Maybe we have the designated runner coming back uh, into play. Could be kind of fun. But the one that's the most interesting is the three batter minimum. The three batter minimum, as it stands for uh, upcoming season and what that's going, what's coming uh, and, and what's going to happen for this season means that a reliever has to face at least three batters unless they get out of the inning. So there's a bunch of things strategically that are going to take place with this. Because maybe you don't make a pitching change as early in the inning as you'd li- as you'd ordinarily do, because you because you, you don't want to lock yourself in to somebody. So that that's the very first thing. Like let's say a, a starter goes six, and you're going to give him a chance to get one batter. He comes out, he walks a guy. Are you immediately going to the pen, knowing that whoever you bring in has to be there for three batters? Maybe you let your starter go one person deeper, and then maybe. Uh, at that point, once that pitcher has come in, if it is not the right person that you want for three batters, if there's a matchup nightmare that's awaiting for you, do we see more intentional walks? Yes, maybe. I think what we're going to see is more base runners. We're going to see matchups that are counter to what some managers want. And we're going to see some pitchers left in the game longer 
than uh, some managers might do yeah. another one. All this like is going to add up. Most of them. Right. Yeah. And, right. And all this is going to add up to possibility of more offense in late inning and situations. I think you're going to see this rule changed again the next year. You do? I just don't think it's it's functional. You know, to late in the game to have uh, a manager told uh, you got to leave the guy in for this uh, until he gets, uh, you know, through three batters when the first couple haven't worked out. It's just the game can be altered Totally at that point. Let's go to our next guest who joins us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. The new cub reporter for the Marquee Network, Taylor McGregor, nice enough to take some time out on a Saturday morning to join us on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning. Welcome. And uh, thanks for taking some time out on a Saturday to join us, Taylor. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm excited to be on. How are you guys this morning? We're doing it good, except for some of our phone issues that you've already had to deal with here. <laughs> as long as we figured it out, yes. I'm good. I was like, oh, shoot, what's going to happen? But we're good. You know, sometimes it just throws your curveball and you, and you figure it out. What was your first reaction when uh, they uh, said, you know, Taylor, you're you're the person we want here? Um, what uh, What went through your head? Because you already had a a really nice life and you know you're you're from Colorado and you were working there uh what went through your head yeah I mean I was so excited I think the the Cubs and Chicago have long since been a city and a franchise that I've admired and so the chance to come on it was kind of one of those moments here you know you think back to your time in college and all the hard work that you put in to to get an opportunity like this so it was a little bit surreal, but just so exciting um, to to get this chance. So super grateful and a little emotional, but it was um, really just a lot of happiness uh, reflecting upon kind of where I had been and, and to get this opportunity. So is this this is your is this your sports radio introduction to Chicago right here? Is this the moment where it people is, get to hear Taylor for the first time? Yes, well. it's like my my major league debut. You know, a little bit of nerves, like uh-huh. the players feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. don't, don't be nervous. Nice. It's only two schmoes from Chicago. Yeah, that we're but this with. isn't Colorado. This isn't Colorado, Taylor. We're... It is not Colorado. <laughs> I have learned that, man, at that Cubs convention. Yeah, you know, I. I Growing up in Colorado, so there are a lot of Cubs fans who for so long watched the Cubs on WGN before the Rockies were a franchise, and and there, my first job was in Wyoming, there's Cubs fans there, and so I, I kind of understood the reach of Cubs fans and how knowledgeable they are and how passionate they are, um, but then being at Cubs convention was just a whole new thing for me, I mean... There's nothing like that in Colorado. <laughs> so um, getting to experience that was awesome. Got me really excited for the season. Taylor, you, you have a firsthand knowledge and a relationship, I'm sure, with Nolan Arenado, who's been talked about a lot moving elsewhere and being disgruntled with the situation going on in Colorado. And this week, you know, reported that, you know, there is a possibility that the Cubs and Rockies have talked about a a trade between them for Arenado and Bryant. Tell us a little bit about Arenado and the, the we, we know the great player that he is. What type of person do we have here? Yeah, I first just want to point out that when this the news kind of broke that he made those comments of how he was displeased with Jeff Breida to the front office, that was 
so out of character for Nolan. He is incredibly private. Doesn't I mean they've been begging him to get on social media and he won't get on social media because he's he's so private, he keeps to himself. And so when those comments came out, that's what shocked me the most, that he would openly say that because he's a really private guy. Um, you know, there are there have been interviews where he'll be honest, but not not to that extent. Um so I was I was kind of shocked by by those comments to begin with, but Nolan is he's obsessed with baseball. He is such a hard worker. I mean, he is the first guy at the field. He lifts after the game. So he's one of the last people to leave, you know, between the Norma tech booth and the lifting after the game. I mean, Mm -hmm. he, he's the first one to get there and the last one to leave. So um, just an incredibly hard worker. But I think, like I said, the the biggest thing that shocked me with all this is, is kind of that he would, be open to saying that because if I had if I had to describe Nolan in one word it would just be he's he's private he's very very private and kind of keeps to himself what's the reaction in Colorado since you're still there and you're you'll be joining me and everybody else in uh, Arizona <laughs> in just a, a few short days but what, what has been the fan base reaction there and what have you felt out in the street there about it so I actually was I was emceeing a breakfast on Tuesday morning and they announced to the crowd that I was going to be leaving for Chicago and everybody almost unanimously was like, don't take r and with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, he's, he's the face of the franchise. He's an incredibly exciting player to watch. And so fans, they don't want to see him go. And there's been a lot of, uh, bitterness, even in the thought of trading a guy like him, especially especially just one year removed from this big contract where you think he's going to be a Rocky for life. So, um, yeah, people for sure do not want to see him go, and they definitely don't want to see him go to Chicago with me. I'll tell you that much. That's something I've learned <laughs> in the last few days. It's so, so, you know, a lot of people have been saying, how did Nolan get so disgruntled a year after he signs this enormous contract? What, what happened? Does he, is it the, is it an overall shift in what the franchise is trying to do over these next couple of years? It seems to be his perception anyway, is that they're not trying to get better anymore. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the question a lot of people have, you know, at first when the comments came out, it almost sounded like he was mad about the trade rumors, but that was not it at all. Um, I think there's there's been some disputes in the front office and, and Nolan for quite some time, but when you win, winning masks a lot of things. And so in 17 and 18, when the team was playing well, back-to-back um, burst in the postseason for the first time in franchise history, you know, that kind of masked a lot of what was going on. And I think um, it, it kind of changed his perception a little bit or I shouldn't say changed it It, like it masked it it masked some of the issues that were there in the relationship with him in the in the front office um but then this year when when the team has the type of year they have you know supposed to be contending for the division and and you lose 90 plus games um that that changes things and so it kind of highlighted some of those issues that I think had been there for a while um, they just kind of got brought up again. And, and I think they have to do with some, um, there's egos that I think get highlighted. Um, mm-hmm. There's just issues that maybe they haven't taken the steps to, to be a winner. Like he was promised when he signed that contract. Like what 
I remember in his press conference when he signed the, the big deal, he said one of the reasons why I decided to stay here in Colorado is because they promised me that this money is not going to handicap them from doing other things. You know, if they're going to pay me 30 plus million dollars a year, they still can sign other people. And obviously that really hasn't been the case. I mean, they went out and signed Daniel Murphy last year, but other than that, like I know he, he asked the front office, you know, why did you not turn this guy? Or why did you not try to go after this guy? Um, there weren't really clear answers for him. So that just kind of adds on to some of the underlying issues in the relationship that all, that had already been there. Taylor, give us a bird's eye view of what uh, the job is uh, there for you with the Cubs. Uh, what will you be doing on the new marquee network? So the biggest thing that I just want to point out is the access that we're going to have. Um, I'll be on the road for all the road games um, and then, several at home, but I, I just think unprecedented access, like we've never seen before. Um, and, you know, I, I want it to be a creative role, you know, showcasing different ballparks um, and things, but also just getting to know these guys on uh, a deeply personal level outside of just what they're like at, at the ballpark and um, bring, bring Cubs fans into the clubhouse every single day. That's, that's my role is to just make sure that everybody at home knows these guys. And you know, they're going to know their batting average or what they've done in the past right. week. But I, I want them to know, you know, what has it been like for them off the field the past week? And how can I bring a different perspective um, to fans at home from that angle? You know, it's interesting, and you're kind of uniquely qualified for some of that. For those who don't know, uh, Taylor's father, Kelly McGregor, was a professional athlete uh, in the NFL. Um, and then, after getting his master's, ended up being the president of the Colorado Rockies. That's your team. So you grew up as uh, as in the game and, and kind of understanding the game from a, a different perspective and condolences on the untimely passing of of your father. I, I, I can't imagine that it was an easy decision to leave that franchise and that, that home for you. I guess that's, that's how appealing this particular job is with the access that you're talking about, perhaps. Well, thank you. Yeah, exactly. You know, that people, that's the first thing people say to me was like, well, how hard was it to leave Colorado? And, you know, I wasn't going to leave Colorado unless an opportunity like this came up. And I didn't really expect an opportunity like this to come up, but um, with what Marquis is, is doing, it was just so exciting to me. Um, and like you said, I, you know, I kind of grew up with a different perspective on the game and kind of the way things work. And so I feel like I was able to bring that to Colorado and um, I look forward to, to continuing that into Chicago to just kind of bring a new perspective and hopefully give things in an angle that people haven't thought about before. A couple tips. Uh, we don't sing Hey Baby in the seventh inning here. And, <laughs> Wait, uh, can I tell you the story about sure, that? Sure, sure. So, so you might judge my dad for this, but actually in, in 2007 when the Rockies were playing the Red Sox, we were out in Boston, and you know, of course, they have Sweet Caroline, and we thought it was awesome how they did that. And so my dad was like, well, we need to have something like that at Coors Field. So they came up with Hey Baby, and they sing that. But it's kind of funny, the amount of people that dog on that song, they're like, why do they sing Hey Baby? Um, and that was totally my dad's idea. So you that can follow him cool. for that. That is cool. Well, we don't sing it here, and when you're on the L, 
keep your purse uh, zippered up, you know, all okay. the way. Okay. That, those are the two okay, things good. I have for you. Hey, it's, okay. it's great of you to join us. Looking forward to working uh, with you on a daily basis over there yes. with the Cubs. It's going gonna, gonna to be great. And uh, Matt and I appreciate your time today. It was fun. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I can't wait. All right, you got it, hey, Taylor. Look forward to the more tips that you have for me all throughout. The uh, I'll, I'll write you a whole list. <laughs> yeah, um, what, one that he's not mentioning is avoid Levine. You know, <laughs> in a big way. No, um, but t- Taylor, this is Chicago. Chicago, this is Taylor. I think we've done our job. Hi, yes. Chicago. Right. Yeah, I can't wait. Have a great so day, excited. and we'll see you in yeah, Arizona you next week. Take care. Yeah, I can't wait. A little bit warmer place for us. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Taylor That's McGregor uh, joined us on Inside the Clubhouse. And, uh, you know, she's she's refreshing. She's really, uh, she really so- sounds like she's got it going. And grew up in the game. Uh, with the first pick in the plumbing and heating supply draft, contractors select supplyhouse.com. Take the field at supplyhouse.com today to get 1% off for each touchdown scored in the big game. Take it to the house, supplyhouse.com. We'll be back on Inside the Clubhouse on the score. You've got it inside the clubhouse on six seventy. The score, Bruce, was fun this morning. It was. I'm gonna. I'll miss you, Matt. Uh, I'll be talking to you every Saturday from Arizona, but you'll be manning the fort here. It'll be. Uh, it'll be a good time. It'll just. It'll just be a physical distance between us. I Bruce. know, but you know, parting is such sweet sorrow. Oh God, I, I think. I think you're looking forward to it today. Well, I'm. I'm looking forward to uh, just going to Arizona. Yeah, but, I bet uh, you are. I feel fortunate, very lucky to be able to go there and. Cover both Chicago teams uh, for the score, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we have people to thank, as always. Taylor McGregor, certainly very interesting uh, new reporter for the Marquee Network, joined us. Tyler Kepner of the New York Times joined us. Zach Withers for a job well done. And uh, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB. Bruce Levine also writing Cubs and Sox every day on 670 The Score. Keep paying attention, folks. Big trades have happened in February and years past. It is uh, certainly not out of the realm of possibility that we see movement for guys like Mookie Betts or Nolan Arenado or Chris Bryant. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I really do. And we welcome back Steve Rosenblum, who will be sitting in with you next. That's right true. Right here on The School. Rosie and me, Spiegel, coming up next until 1245 in DePaul Basketball. Keep it right here on 670 The Score. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.